The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Measure Success Podcast, where we feature top leaders on how they measure success in their business and life. Now, let's learn from their experiences. Carl J. Cox here, and I'm the host of the Measure Success Podcast, where we talk with top leaders about how they measure success. This episode is brought to you by 40 Strategy. At 40 Strategy, we help organizations and individuals figure out where they want to go, then we help figure out how to create a plan to actually get there. All right, basically, we help companies and organizations and individuals help find their strategic plans and measure the right KPIs for success. Only 10% of organizations actually get two-thirds of their strategic objectives done. And I don't know about you, Ari, but I think that's pretty crazy. Do you agree? I do, yes. <laughs> it's, it's nuts. And so at 40 Strategy, your success is our passion. That's why our organizations call us to help. Not only do we come up with a strategy, but with proven practices to actually get it done. Harvard Business Review says if you actually focus on the right KPIs, you could triple the likelihood of your success. So if you'd like to learn more, reach out to us at catch like catching a ball at 40strategy.com. And now we're going to our next part is our usually we have a, a shout out. Um, this is going to be a little bit different shout out. This show is dedicated to my father who passed away last week. Um, Vinny or Vincent Cox. He was a uh, longtime maritime sailor and uh, he recently passed away after his long struggle with Alzheimer's. And I just want to say thank you to everyone in the audience uh, and listeners and everyone who's reached out to our family uh, during this difficult time. So thank you very much for that. And um, then we'd like to move on to Ari, who is our guest today. Ari has over 25 years um, and came to coaching after 25 years of an actuarial career where in addition to the technical work, she developed mentoring and coaching programs to support cross-functional teams. Now through her experience and training, she enables clients to identify and navigate their unique values, strengths, and skills in order to enjoy the freedom of sustainable success. Her speaking career has taken her all the way to a TEDx stage, which is uh, where she speaks about the four F's manifesto, and her workshops on using her unique alignment to create sustainable success. She also, uh, from an education perspective, um, she did her studies starting out in South Dakota at, August, at Augustana um, College, where she has a Bachelor of Science, Math, and Accounting, um, and she also has a Master of Science Statistics from the University of Nebraska. So with that, um, Ari, thank you so much for being on the Measure Success podcast. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, we we have one of those unique um, LinkedIn relationships. Yeah. Uh, that's how we actually connected. And then I was looking past like, how did we get connected? Because usually I'm getting referrals from different people. We actually connected directly from LinkedIn, which was cool. And um, yeah. and and part of the thing, the reason you reach out because I do StrengthsFinder, and and so you're like, wow, well, how do you how do you use that? And and I do. I, I love to use StrengthsFinder, and and you you clearly understand that we talk about understanding people's strengths and understanding. Um, Everybody is truly unique. I, I hate that terminology sometimes because it's overset. 
right. Uh, right? You know, everyone's a snow, you know, whatever, you know, we want to say everyone's unique, but it's true. We, we each have our individual uh, parts. And, and I, I think just in the top five alone in Strengths Finder, they say that about to find somebody who has the same exact top five in order is about one in 2 million. Wow. Yep. And, and so it just, you know, it's, it's not common, right. For you to run into somebody and never mind your top 34 being in order. So, um, so, all right, tell us, tell the audience more about alignment coach for the analytical brain, your business. Um, tell us more about what you do. Yeah. So, uh, alignment ally is the name of the business, but basically I call myself an alignment coach for the analytical mind. And the alignment coach, it's really about success coaching. It's about helping people find and move towards that more sustainable success, but the alignment is the key. And it's really about understanding where you should be operating at this point in your life, because I think we rec- we don't always recognize how much we are evolving and picking up different skills throughout our career, throughout all the experiences that we're having, even you know, outside of our career and our personal lives. So it's, it's aligning with those skills and those values and those strengths and knowing how to learn optimally and knowing how to contribute to the teams that we're on so that we can be more sustainable in that path to success. We, we create energy and engagement as we go rather than draining it. Um, Mm. So so yeah, so my business is kind of twofold. It's it's the coaching part, a lot of the one-on-one coaching, um, mostly with analytically minded individuals like actuaries, engineers, finance people, because that's the way that my brain also works. I can speak that same language. I, I understand the world in the same context, um, thinking about models. And then it's also speaking. Um, so you know, I was able to get on a TEDx stage and, and enjoyed that challenge and being able to share that idea. But I also do um, speaking to, you know, at conferences and corporations to help give a few more tools for people to navigate more intentionally to that sustainable success. So I'm, I'm curious when you, let, let's just say your average client, so to speak, that you're coaching. Um, what is an outcome? You know, they come in for a reason, right? But what what is a typical outcome that they know, like, wow, we know this really worked. This really helped me get to a better place. So what I typically see, and I hate the word typical because everybody is a little different and what they're looking for is different. But if they feel like they are now spending their time and in the areas that they really want to be spending. So, you know, especially when I work with people, it's usually middle to later careers because in the actuarial profession, and I know some other ones, it's fairly clear cut what you're doing for the first five, 10 years of your career. You're building a lot of skills. You're getting through your exams and other certifications. Um, But at some point, your options really start to open up. And that's when we can really step back and understand what all is in our toolbox and, and what we really enjoy doing more and where we get our energy so that we can create the opportunities that will help us to be more successful. So what I see my clients um, enjoying is looking forward to going to work a little bit more, looking forward Mm. to the contribution that they're making um, because it is something that fits so well with where they want to be and learning what they want to be learning. They're not kind of feeling that um, friction, I guess, of, of, of being stuck in a role that they weren't quite they're ready to move on to something else often. 
Yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting because, you know, we, especially us, right. And I could, I could put myself in the same category being a bean counter by trade. Right. Um, except I am left-handed. So I got to look just a little <laughs> bit of the other side. Um, but, but with that, you know, we, we get caught in these ruts, right. And mm-hmm. we get stuck in these habits and we're like, well, I'm for lack of a better term, I'm just an actuary, right. Or I'm just this, uh, I'm just that I can't do anything more. How do you get these individuals who are really smart, really successful at what they do, but they feel stuck? They don't feel like they're worthy for whatever reason, right? They're, what type of what are the, what are some of the key things that you're you're doing with them to see? No, no, you actually do have more value. You can create more things, and then as a result, they end up having more joy, right? As well. So, what what are those like? Kind of what, what's like one of those um, key couple of things that you have to overcome with your clients so they like go, wow, I. I for lack of a better term, I, I am more competent or able than I thought I was. Yeah, I think the um, some of the keys is is really recognizing how transferable a lot of our skills are. Mm. So we get stuck in sort of that success, you know, mindset. I've been successful at X, therefore mm-hmm. I should continue to do that to continue the success. But when you step back and you become a little bit more aware of the components of what created that success, you know, how can you use that skill or that um, strength to, to build something new? And also, um, you know, taking another look at, you know, what really engages you. There's times, and I've run it, I ran into this myself, I've run into it in clients where you kind of get to the end of a road and you realize, okay, I'm ready to step away from this and let somebody else fill this role. You know, maybe it's the technical developing the spreadsheets and you want to move on to, you know, more of the the client management and I want to build those relationships. Or maybe it's stepping away from the client management to, you know, managing the business. And, you know, it's, it's at different points in your career where you can kind of go, yeah, I don't see that I want to do this for the next five or 10 years. There's got to be something else, but Sometimes that tunnel vision or the the blinders are on that, well, this is what I've been successful in. So this is what I have to keep doing. And if I step away from that, I'm going back to zero, but we don't realize that we're not going back to zero. We're just reshuffling the pieces a little bit and starting where we are to move forward in a different direction. Got it. And are you using, you know, I can imagine, right, because your uh, analytical uh, uh, team, this is a little bit uncomfortable for them, right? Talking about some of their, there's a lot of, what, what's funny is, right? We're all emotional. We might not show it, but right. we all have tons of emotions. And um, so so with that, how do you, how do you get people to see, are you using assessments at all uh, through uh, with your clients to like, they can, it help you to like, it help themselves to see themselves a little bit more, maybe if you may quantitatively or from a statistical standpoint, are you using anything like that? If they have done assessments at work, I know, I, I, you know, different companies, some use StrengthsFinder, some use DISC, some use VIA, some use Myers-Briggs, you know, there's, there's so many assessments out there. I love to look at what's already been done and mm. kind of help to understand what that's telling you about, you know, where you are. Um, and occasionally I will recommend that someone, you know, jump in and do StrengthsFinder, do some assessment to kind of get a little more information, especially if we're not sure what some of those strengths are, but um, 
I also developed my own model. It's not an assessment tool, but it's more of a model that will help people visualize, you know, how all of these pieces fit together. Like where do your values and your strengths intersect with your skills and what's on the other side of that? And it's basically just a, you know, two by two quadrant of, okay, let's get the facts down. And then you can kind of see where you are, you know, you can use it as a tool to zoom in and say, okay, for this specific challenge coming up, what are my skills that'll help me here? Where are my gaps in my learning? What kind of situation do I need to make sure I want to avoid? Because it's very different than where my values like to to keep me placed. So with that kind of tool, I find that I myself am very comfortable with it. And most of the people that I, I work with like to have something a little bit more concrete to be able to say, okay, now I know what's what's going on and how this all fits together because it's, it's on paper and, and more comfortable with, with how their brains work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, a visual representation is huge. Um, and if you have, you know, when you have those tools and, and so I think it's a good time to, to lead into the, you, you know, your Ted talk and, and the 4F manifesto, uh, tell our audience who hasn't had the opportunity to listen to that. Um, and I encourage people to listen to that Ted talk. Um, what, what is, what is the four F's and maybe just start there and then we could, we could take yeah. it. From that point. Yeah. So the four F's, um, they showed up as I was developing the model and they are unique areas within the model of what I call the alignment landscape, which, um, and again, this kind of goes back to the way my, my thinking goes, the analogy I use most when we're talking about, you know, finding sustainable success, it's, it's kind of, you're out in, a landscape. I do a lot of hiking. I get outside a lot and you have choices of how you want to, how you want to get from point A to point B. And if you are equipped with rubber boots and a paddle and a raft, you're not going to want to hike up and over the mountain. You're going to want to take the river. If you're equipped with, you know, ropes, you can climb higher. If you just have really good walking shoes, you're going to take the long path. So it's, it's all about understanding, you know, what you've got. So Going back to the, the, the Fs that are part of this uh, model, um, the first one is what I call friction. Um, and friction is really a indicator that you are not operating within your values. So if you are, if you like to be very thoughtful and you like to um, spend time kind of planning things out, yet you're in a very... Um, urgent situation, it's going to be very hard for you to do your best thinking. Or if you are a, a collaborative individual and you're put in a head-to-head, you've got to you know, be very competitive, it's going to be hard for you to operate well. So recognizing that those aren't things that you can change very easily because it's innate, it's your strength, your natural strengths, it's your values that you're working against. Um, then you have your fears. And fears really have a lot of energy within them because you can see the opportunity, but you're kind of hesitant. So it's really identifying your gaps and um, doubts about where you're going. So you have a skill gap or a knowledge gap, and that's something that you can easily fill. And then you've got a new tool at the other end. You've got new skills or you've got new knowledge that you can then leverage in um, moving forward. The third F is flow. There's a lot of um, areas where you can learn about it. Basically, flow is that um, 
being fully immersed in what you're doing. You're challenged just enough. So you're, you're, you're above um, your skill level, not so much that it's causing anxiety, but enough that you are able to fully just focus and do more than you thought you could. Um, so that one kind of, you know, you're learning something new or you're using your skills to a new degree. And then the fourth F that I love to, to pull in is the fun, because that really adds a lot of color to what you're doing. And there are a lot of benefits to fun because it, it strengthens your relationships, the people that you're working with day to day. It can help you um, be healthier um, physically if you're building in more fun into your, your days. So the, the fun just kind of helps you tie it all together. Um, but yeah, those are the four Fs that I kind of lean on most in within the model. So which of those four Fs do your clients have the hardest time with? Uh, it depends on the client. I think um, fears are always hard because they, they slow us down. Um, you know, it's nobody wants to get out of their comfort zone, <laughs> but there is a lot of value, you know, once we realize that we can do some of this hard stuff. And it's, I think what people also struggle with is, is a little bit of, of separating fears and frictions because they're both resistance. Um, but some of them, like you cannot learn your way out of a friction. If you're naturally, you know, if one of your strengths is collaboration, you can't learn your way into being a, you know, much more competitive, you know, head to head person. You can get through it once or, or twice, but when you come up to that challenge again, that friction is still going to be there. So you can get past it. It'll show up again. You get past it. It'll show up again. The fears though, you can learn your way because there you're picking up new skills and you're, and you're building something that that fear won't show up in the same way again, because you'll be able to, to see what you've done and, and you'll have built the skills to fill that gap. Then you can learn something new. I really like that, how you have um, something that is arguably the biggest gap, right? Which is fear, right? Uh, but it sounds like you are helping them to ultimately create strategies to help overcome them. And then they could get to their next, you know, their next point, you said from point A to point B, but overcoming that. So I think that's great. That, that is a, a huge part of anybody moving thing is just, just being willing to, to ship it, to move, to send it, you know, to release something. Um, I, I just launched this marathon uh, journey where, where I, I, six months ago, I started training for a marathon and, and then I had it in, um, it, I've been honestly really scared to just sh send it. It'd been created for a while and it's like, and I was like, why am I afraid to do this? But, you know, sometimes you just have to move forward and you, and you have to take these risks and, and learn from it. Right. And learn from it. Yep. And hopefully what you know, the goal is you hope it adds value, hope it provides whatever you're trying to do when you do this, I'm hoping for encouragement for others. Um, yep. But that it's still amazing of how many times we won't start, we won't ship it. We won't do it because of our own fears of right. what we have. Right. And, and, and also, you know, getting over ourselves, right. Is that it's okay. And, and people want to learn and see and get new things and be, but we, we ourselves get so caught up in, Oh, it's not perfect. It's not this, it's not that. <laughs> Especially, I got to imagine the actuarial theorem accounting, right? We were like, oh, we, it has to be perfect. You know, the right. model has to be down to the penny. Um, right. <laughs> you know? right. And, and, 
and and so we we uh, I think in some cases are even worse um, when it comes to that. Um, wh- I'm sorry. Oh, whoa, that was interesting. Um, okay, so let's move on. We're going to move on to. So let me ask before we move on. How do you measure success in your business? So. <laughs> It's shifted over the years. I think now I really focus on what I can control um, and I measure success on those specific things. So it's not the number of, you know, views. It's not that, you know, because I do a lot on, on, you know, LinkedIn, social media, but it's, am I showing up? Am I choosing the path that's the right one for me? Am I facing the fears? You know, so I, I do look back at my weeks and, and look ahead when I'm planning the week. I'm like, okay, what am I scared to do this weekend? Am I going to, you know, how am I going to get those few things done? And am I, you know, living true to kind of the way that I want to be building this business? And am I, you know, following my own advice? It's kind of how I now challenge myself to find success in my business because I've found that, um, and again, to go go back to the analogy of, of kind of hiking, when you start to tie your success, at least I found, to a specific destination, you're limiting yourself to saying, okay, well, when you get over one ridge, you might see something that's even better. Mm. Does that mean that you failed because you didn't go to that original destination? Yeah. No, it's because you've, you are evolving and, and choosing the right path for what's in front of you. So let's you know, I'm choosing the right path for the very short term. I do have a destination in mind, but I'm not tied to that so tightly that I won't allow myself to to shift if I need to. I think that's a great analogy of that, of that, you know, that you have a vision of your destination, but sometimes where you end up isn't exactly where you're planned, but is exactly where you should be. Yes. You know, and, and there's the, the historical context and I know everybody, uh, there's a few people out there who question Christopher Columbus, but he wasn't trying to find America. Right. <laughs> he was trying to find the in- India and and, right. um, and, right. and, the, and the trading route and he found a whole new world, right? And, and that created a whole opportunity, right? For many people throughout the world uh, to have different experiences, which ultimately created the you know, US or, or you know, hundreds of years later, right? As you go, got to go through that process. Right. And, and once again, you know, what, what an amazing uh, thing that sometimes, quote unquote, a failure turns into a greater success. And um, I think that's great. And I, and I also like that you talked about uh, focus on things you can control. I like to call those the leading indicators, right? Mm-hmm. These are the things I can do. I can't control the outcomes. I can't control exactly how people respond to it, but I can control uh, showing up. You know, yes. I can re- respond to that. So I think that's great. I think this is a very good way to measure your own personal success or your business success. All right. So l- let's go to the personal side. I love you talked about over the weekend. You were, you have three kids, you're um, at a band uh, event. You, there was homecoming for your kids. You're hiking this weekend in Colorado, <laughs> which is your home. Um, you're, you're a busy person. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious uh, from a, just a, a you obviously have a lot going on. You're a speaker, you have your business, you're coaching clients. Um, you have a family, uh, that you, you're, you're, um, you're trying to care for and, and, and get to, you know, there, you mentioned one of your oldest daughters looking to go to colleges. You have to deal with that. So how do you personally, um, keep yourself on top of your game with all of that happening? Um, 
probably two main things. One is I get outside as much as I can, um, walking the dog every morning when the sun is coming up just to set my day. Um, and just, you know, when I can eat lunch outside or when I can, you know, get myself any fresh air, I know that's what my body needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do try, I'm not quite as regular as I should be, but I do try and meditate, you know, every morning just to kind of recenter and, and, you know, get my thoughts to slow down and then I can approach the day more realistically (laughs) rather than coming with an extra long to-do list. I'm like, okay, let's just be grateful for what I've gotten done and where I am and focus on one or two things first. All right. So meditations, I think is like one of the hardest things in the world to truly do true meditation. Um, I'm terrible at it, honestly, personally. So, uh, but, but I do other things that, that help, help me out personally. So I'm curious for you, for, for you, when you are in your flow of meditation, how much time is that truly taking you each, you know, in a day? I honestly only meditate for about 15 to 20 minutes Okay. Yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Um, Ideally, I'd love to find a time, you know, right after lunch to kind of do it again. Mm-hmm. But um, realistically, it happens just for, for 15, 20 minutes. And and that's usually enough for me to go through. It's, you know, I, I, I have some gratitude that I do through there. It's just recognizing, you know, what's going on with me as well. And then starting to just think about you know, one or two words or one or two things that'll center my day for, for what I want to do. That's great. That is great. And, and, and it's interesting on that. And is there, I'm curious, and obviously it sounds like you've evolved your own personal practice behind this. Uh, is there some, something or something you recommend to others if they were thinking about starting meditation for the first time? Um, there's a, there's a couple different, you're right. I, I did kind of evolve into my own thing. Um, and you can, I, I honestly, I'm forgetting the original book that got me kind of started in this path. But I think that the one thing that I recommend to people is, is just breathe. Mm. It's not about clearing your mind. It's not about letting all the thoughts go. That's my, my mind is too active to do that. But once you just start focusing on your breath or, you know, what you're feeling, what you're hearing, what you're smelling, you know, it just kind of centers in. So just focus on the one thing of, of breath and that'll just slow you down enough too to, to feel like you've getting, you're getting some benefit just from that. I, I think that is the um, past week. I mentioned very hard week uh, with my father. And then we immediately go to the Naval Academy to see my son there, which he, he's in a pretty intense program. And where they're to support him and he's um, playing the sprint football game. And I remember like two or three times my wife turned around to me, she said, would you just take a breath? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just relax. And, and that's part of it, right. It's just to uh, that song, you know, breathe, you know, it's like, yeah, what I was saying uh, for, for the good welfare, everybody out there. But it, it's uh, I think that's awesome. I think that's really good advice and suggestions um, for that. So I'll ask, um, how do you measure success in your personal life? Um, you know, now it's, it's not that different than what I do in my business life. It's, am I kind of showing up the way that I want to be showing up? Am I, am I, I'm a big helper. Am I being there for others? 
and myself the way that I want to to be showing up. So it's really about, you know, kind of the the day to day. It's not, you know, did my kid get to the the college that I wanted her to go to or did, you know, did everything for homework get in? No, it's am I showing up? Am I being the person that I want to be that I want everyone to have in their lives? Isn't it hard to let go? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard to let go. If you're a parent, it doesn't even matter if you're a parent. The, the sooner we learn to, uh, one of the best things that somebody taught me, because um, you mentioned your, your, your two oldest ones are in swimming as well. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, I was, I was, uh, this is early, about 10 years ago. And it was that my oldest daughter was in competitive volleyball. And they basically said, um, you know, this is not about you, meaning the parent. Right. <laughs> and, and, and they said, just do, um, a- after every single competition, all I'll just say is I love to watch you play. Right. And that's it. And, and right. we have to release ourselves from our personal success being on our children's success. Right. And we can get there. You know, what's interesting is they end up being more successful. That's the irony because the pressure we put on them, uh, it can be Mm -hmm. stifling, but if we can help them realize look, this isn't about me. I just truly love you and and I care for you. Um, and I want to be there. Uh, it's amazing the outcomes that they can have. So if anybody hears anything from this thing, that <laughs> what you just described, right. Is, is the things we can control and then let go of the things we can't. Yeah. Right. You know, and yeah. I love that what you mentioned, mentoring success in your personal life. So books. Okay. I always like to ask people, what is a book you'd recommend to our audience? Um, so one that comes to mind is called range by David Epstein. Um, and it's, it's basically about how generalists, can thrive in today's world. Um, so it's it's kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum from, from outliers and Malcolm Gladwell's like the 10,000 hours. It's all about, and, and it goes very well with kind of the whole alignment idea and you're, you're evolving through your career. It's about how all of your disparate experiences and skills can be repurposed and, and how you're building a a very strong tool and very strong background foundation by having a broad basis of what you've been doing. And even though something seems very different, that range of what you've done can build an incredible future going forward for yourself. That's awesome. I love that. I think that's huge because I'm def- I appreciate hearing that because I'm more of a generalist than I am detailed, even though I, I have a few things that I know really well. Um, I, mm-hmm. I generally work along a, a lot of different areas. So thank you for that suggestion. I'm going to pick that up. Um, finally, where can, where can people find, learn more about you? So you can always find me on LinkedIn, uh, Ari Bly. I think I'm the only one out there. Um, my website is alignmentally.com. You can check that out. I have periodic blogs out there. Um, and then, of course, look for the TEDx talk. It's called Where the F is the Reset Button. Um, I always enjoy seeing that, hearing that people have seen that and see what they take away from that. So it's awesome. Well, all right. This has been a true pleasure to have you on. Um, I know for our guests and our audience uh, who are listening to this, they're going to get a lot out of it. So, Ari, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. 
and to the rest of our audience, um, thank you for listening. And we're wishing you the very best at measuring your success. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Measure Success Podcast. We'll see you again next time to learn from the best. Remember to subscribe now to get future episodes. This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.